Welcome to the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch was joined by Jessica Nunn from Skytel Group. Okay, everybody, welcome to Medical Spa Insider. This is Alex Tiersch, and we have Jessica Nunn on the AmSpa hotline, and she is... Let's see. How am I going to introduce you, Jessica? I've known you for so long. Your um, best friend. Yeah, my clearly. Best, one of my best <laughs> friends. You're you're um, you, you you are amazing at Excel. I'll definitely give you that. You have all sorts of initials behind your name, and you're the only person I know who has a full profit and loss statement tattooed to your arm, which is which <sighs> is <laughs> surely someone else has that. I cannot be the only one. Um, but no, Jessica and her group at Skytail Group. Um, I mean, what's like the what's the elevator pitch? Like, what's like? You give everybody well, so the thirty seconds. Honestly, yeah. it's a hard one, right? Because we say we do financial consulting, and everyone's like, "What even is that?" Yeah, but, what, what so is we've that? refined it over okay. time because what even is that is right. Okay, but really, what we do is we help business owners. Most of them are healthcare, a lot are med spa, plastic surgeons, aesthetic medicine understand their financials, understand their business, have some strategy. I like to say make a plan because I don't like people flying blind through Mm -hmm. their business. Right. And so, you know, we know a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of our clients, a lot of your members went to school to do what they love to do. Right. They love to um, improve people's lives, make people prettier, whatever it might be, but they didn't go to school to own a business and they certainly didn't go to, to school with the desire of having a profit and loss tattooed on their arm. So (laughs) we like to support them so that they have a full understanding of their business and just have someone to make those strategic decisions with along the way. Yeah. How, um, how, what have you seen? Like, cause you've been, you've dealt with dentists in the past and healthcare. What, how does the average med spa owner, in your opinion, like how do they stack up as far as business knowledge and, and knowledge of their financial statements compared to others? Well, like anybody else, it's, you know, there's a wide spectrum yeah. of what we see. Some people hate it. We actually have some clients who are like emotionally have a problem with finances and they'll say growing up, you know, money was stressful in my house. Money is stressful to me. I don't like to talk about money. I don't even want to know. Like if there's money in the checking account, I assume I'm good. But beyond that, it's just equals stress. So we have that. Really? How do you uh-huh. even help somebody like that? I mean, you basically have to do everything for them. No, you almost have to be a cheerleader. Mm -hmm. You have to show them that it doesn't have to be scary. Isn't it better to know? It's better to know. If you know, it doesn't have to be scary. Mm -hmm. So when we go through the process of mapping out the cash flow and saying, hey, next month you have three payroll runs. Let's talk about it now. You have three payroll runs and it's October and people aren't coming in. You're not as busy in October. You're taking some time off. Your checking account is going to go down. It might be this amount then they know when that happens, it's not scary. Jessica told me it was going to happen. It's fine. So we have a plan. I think everyone feels better when they can kind of predict the future a little bit. Mm -hmm. So we have one and he said like, you know, specifically like it's not scary anymore. Now I know, now I understand. I don't have to be scared because you're showing me how, also how can he have some control? Yeah. You know, like say, Hey, um, next month is harder because all these things, I need you to produce this amount, or maybe you need to add in some more days so that you can cover the, okay, now I'm in control, right? I'm not going to run out of money because I've got a little bit of control. Yeah. It's, um, 
You know, I used to be like that back in the day, actually, before I even met you. Um, and we've known each other for now, what? I've, I was trying to think about it, maybe five years, four year, four or five years. Um, you you have helped AMSPA out tremendously with, 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 with our numbers. Um, I am a, an English major, so I have, you know, literally, I, I don't get stressed by numbers, but it, it really, it, my math skills are at hovering above a second to third grade level. Like, it's really, really poor. But what I have found is... Um, over time, having, having, you know, stared at profit and loss statements and spreadsheets, like it really does, it does get easier and it all kind of starts to make sense. It's almost like one of those books where you stare at it long enough and it's just kind of blurry and then something comes into focus. That's kind of how it, uh, how it feels. Yeah. And I know I've told you before, like, you don't have to get it today. We're going to do this again. Right. So like every month of us going through it again, of us looking at it again. Okay. Last month we planned that this month it was going to go like this. How did it happen? What worked? What didn't happen? Right. Then you start to see these are the things that matter. These are the things that don't matter. This is what really drives it. This is like, I'm not going to worry anymore you know, that my office manager is ordering so much toner or Cokes or whatever it is, because that's not moving the needle. And that's another thing that we really like to talk about too, is like, as a business owner, how much are you worried about? Like a lot, all the time, all the things, everything, right? Very worried all the time. So we try to say, okay, these are the things that are actually working really well in your business right now. I don't need you to worry about these things. If you instead take your focus and put it here, please do this. Next month, next two months, next three months, put that focus here. Then you don't have to be, it kind of allows you to like, like decide what matters. Where does my energy need to go? Mm -hmm. You know, we have a client, for example, in Ohio and the cost of doing business for her is like her costs are so low. Mm -hmm. I mean, her staff is so low. The payroll costs, her rent is like nothing. Her cost structure is amazing. So I'll say when I talk with her, I don't want you to worry about these things. Do not worry about, you know, how much money is going out the door. What you do need to worry about is your your producers and your providers in the business not carrying their weight because they're not. You know, they're not producing what they could be producing. They're not producing what we said they should be producing. Mm-hmm. So don't worry about that. But instead, let's work on getting your producers the patience that they need, right? Making mm-hmm. sure that they're properly diagnosing or doing their case presentations and all those things is where you should focus. So go do that. Yeah, so I, I imagine right now there's probably someone listening to this who um, either is running a business or is getting ready to open a business. They're a startup, and and their you know their books are a mess or they're non-existent, right? They just don't even. Which is how really how I operated when I first opened my law firm. You know, ten gosh, fifteen years ago, like I it was literally a spreadsheet that I would enter stuff in every now and then, and it was just you a, did a it, spreadsheet. I did a spreadsheet, and it was really really elementary with my equations, but I was damn proud of it. But yeah. like, where should they? I mean, because people really do they they are they they are nervous about it, right? They're scared to kind of dive into it because they don't understand it. They don't understand what a balance sheet is. Um, which is, by the way, is totally fine because I still don't know what a balance sheet is. But um, they don't they don't understand, you know, necessarily the intricacies of of, of the budgeting and gross margins and all this kind of stuff. Where should they start? Like, what's the like? And I was thinking, but actually, before this, the one where you know, I don't like to I don't like to have I don't believe in regrets when it comes to business because everything that you do is a lesson and you learn from it. But the one thing that I regret is that I didn't learn more about. 
whether it's accounting or bookkeeping or something before I opened my own business. I just went into it and just started and it was, it was a mess. So what's the first thing people should do? Well, there's a lot of things probably that someone should do at the beginning and it kind of depends on how much they want to know and, or want to rely on other people to help them with these things, right? Like I don't think necessarily go get an accounting degree because that's not really going to potentially get you where you want to go. But I always say it's important to have a plan. I mean, we've talked about that a lot. And I think I, I believe that like, what's your vision? What do you really want this to be? Right? So don't like, we have a lot of clients and we know a lot of entrepreneurs that just start and they just go and they just want to go, go, go. And they want to go really fast and they want to get wherever they're going, but they want to get there really fast. Right. And they'll say, I'm in growth mode. I just want to grow. And it's like, but really like, what are you doing? What do you want to do? What's your plan? You know, do you want to have a multi-location thing? Do you want to have, you know, a lot of providers? Are you trying to keep it just you in one spot running out of two rooms? Like, what's your plan? A lot of times people don't even know that though, right? They don't know what their overall plan is. Maybe they're like, I just want to have a place. And if I can grow to the more, you don't have to plan for a hundred years from now, maybe plan for where do you see it in two years, right? Where do you see Mm -hmm. it in three years? But if you have a strong vision and you say, I know that I want to do this, or I know that I want to do that, like, know or describe it, be able to, to talk about it, to say it, and then build the plan out between now and then. Okay. What do you really need to do to get there? And like, what do you, what are you starting with? Think about what are you starting with? Even if you just want to have two rooms or a small practice, like, do you have any patience today? Get realistic about where you are now and what you need to do to get there. And I say, make a plan. And a lot of people will call it a business plan. Mm-hmm. Right. Go. You can even Google it and find one online, but it'll force you. What's your marketing? What's your location? Does that make sense? Like just slow down, take a minute. Mm-hmm. And then we make a financial plan. And of course, I'm going to recommend a financial plan because it matches with my tattoo. But what we'll do <laughs> is say, you know, how many patients do you think you might have in three months and six months? Are you bringing any with you? Are you bringing any with you? Are you starting with any? If so, how much are they spending with you? You know, like really think through what might your revenue be? And then what are the costs? What's your rent going to be? What are your supplies going to be your consumables? How much money do you need to start? Like we all know no one starts out with enough, but let's at least estimate how much money you're going to need to start. But what I would encourage someone to do at the beginning, just take a minute, slow down, make a plan. Don't just jump right in. Yeah. Right. I think the, 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 the financial plan is almost to me, more important than the business plan, even because the business plan kind of falls out of that. Because in order to think about the financial side, in order to think about like how you're going to get patients, what your overhead is going to be like, that makes you think about how you're going to come up with the revenue. And, and also it really, to see it kind of, and I think, you you know, you've done this, you've done this with us and with others is, is walking through it at the beginning. It gives you a chance to see like, Number one, it, 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 it kind of crystallizes how difficult it's all going to be. I mean, in some ways, it's like, oh, man, this I'm going to have to come up with this amount of revenue a month, which is bonkers. And people always seem to underestimate how much money it's going to cost um, to, to run a business. There was a poignant, poignant silence. Yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> You're not even, no, she's not even listening to me. Seriously. Noise here. And for no, everybody, exactly. for everybody like, knowing, I've been trying to get Jessica on a podcast for years and she keeps ignoring me. And now I get her on and she just ignores my questions. <laughs> it's amazing. 
Go I'm ahead, here sorry. listening completely. <laughs> so no, that's what I tell people too. I'm like, hey, when you sit down and take a minute and I'm asking you, how many patients are going to come in your door next month? You have to think about how many patients are coming in next door or next month, right? And then you have to think about, well, shoot, how am I going to get them? So then you're thinking about marketing. And when I say, well, what's your retail sales going to be? Then you have to think about, well, shoot, I guess I got to do that. And when I ask what your rent going to be, well, crap, I guess I need to find a space. So it kind of forces you to think through all the elements of the business so that we can make the plan. And that's part of it too, is when we meet, we'll say, well, what about your IT? And they might say, oh, I didn't even think about that. So because we've done it before and Mm -hmm. seen it before, we can help say not only, no, you will need this, but also typically it costs this. Should we just go with that? Yeah, that's the scary part when you when you throw the budget down and you're like, oh man, I don't realize I have to have to pay a lawyer. Or I have to pay. I was going to say it's always the lawyers, it's, always. <laughs> so, well, um, what's like? I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here a little bit it, with, with with your. Um, experience because I know there's a lot of folks who listen who are wanting to get into the industry and open a like a med spa. What's a like if someone's going to open a med spa, like a not a huge chain, not multi state, just like a one location med spa, how much money do they need? Oh gosh, well, it depends. <laughs> I know it depends. So let's so let's so let's talk let's talk through it. Well, okay, so I think you need to it, it's helpful if you already have an established patient base. Because then you've already got some revenue from the get-go. So if you've already got an established patient patient base, you're starting with something, then you can at least start to to cover some of your costs right away, right? So, you know, that's always easier when someone's been seeing patients somewhere else or they have an established base and they can just bring that over. Um, But otherwise, you've got to think it's, we're talking hundreds of thousands typically. Like it's not going to be a $50,000 ordeal. You got build out to think about. You've got your initial inventory and supplies. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've got to hire someone to at least answer the phones or help in the front initially. So you definitely need to have the ability to either borrow money, right? And put something down, plan for 10 to 20% down. Mm -hmm. Or, um, you know, I... Some people come and they say, well, I have an investor or I've saved. Hopefully they've saved or some things. But, um, but you know, it's not going to be like, a great, I've got $20,000. We've even had people call and say, well, I have terrible credit and all this credit card debt and really no money, but I really want to do this. Well, then in that case, I would have to recommend, like, get your finances in order. Because here's the thing, too. Obviously, it's expensive to open a business. But what could be more difficult is the fact that you might not get paid for a while. Right. So you've got to really have a situation where you're prepared to not take a paycheck, even when. Oh, little bud. Okay, go. What kind of dog do you have, by the way? She's a mix. Boxer, question mark, question mark. That was that was a really impressive bark that I just heard. She's really mean. (laughs) Um, I can't even remember what I was talking about how much you need. And I even client, I'm telling you something to think about everybody who owns a business need to think about this. Your paycheck is not guaranteed, right? Mm -hmm. We could have a global pandemic. Those, these things can happen. So you should always be in a situation where, you know, you don't necessarily have to take a paycheck or you've got something saved at home. And um, that's something to think if you're considering opening a med spa, I would say not only make a plan, but also be in a position where you, you could be okay not taking a paycheck for some time. Yeah. And that's tough. I mean, that's tough for, for, and and one of the things that 
that, that, that always got to me and gets to, I see gets to other business owners is that I remember when I was first, I first a lawyer, I started, you know, my own firm. I thought I was going to, this was going to be super easy. Um, and you get a client or you get a payment of some kind and let's say it's, you know, $80,000 or a hundred thousand dollars. And you're like, ah, oh, this is great. And, and, you 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 put it away, but then you realize that you have to continue to do that over and over and over and over again. Otherwise, that money just goes away. And it, it, it it's I don't know if this makes makes any sense, but it's like it's that continuing revenue stream. It's not you're not just going after one payment and then you're done. You've got to it costs money to make money, a lot of money to make yeah. money. Yeah, and it's a hustle, right? It, it is really a is. And you know, of course, we encourage clients to get. Um, recare and patients to keep coming back and, and, you know, establish obviously a patient base that continues to, to provide you that revenue. So it's not always a hustle for the next new patient, but that's the thing is like building up the book of business so that you're generating enough to cover these costs, to stop borrowing money, eventually to pay yourself. And then you're like, I'm good, but I need help here. Mm-hmm. Right. So then you're, can I afford to hire someone? Can I afford not to? Mm-hmm. These are the kind of things that when you have a financial partner, we can say, all right, this is when you can afford to hire someone so that you don't have to just worry about all the things. Oh, do I, can I afford it? How much can, should I pay them? How should I pay them? Like, go find the right person. Let us tell you yes or no. And once we told you yes and how, just go find the right person. Right, right. So what's the biggest like financial mistake that business owners make? I, I really think... Um, just not having the plan, just diving in, um, not having a clear strategy, right? Maybe spending a whole bunch of money on equipment up front with no patient base, getting in over their head on a build out or, you know, having the most beautiful space with the most expensive everything on the inside with no patient base. And now you're really committed to the hustle. Like now you've really got a hustle. You have a huge loan. I would just say start small, Start with what you can, what you know you can take care of. Um, don't go in over your head. Make sure you've got plenty of money set aside, whether it's a bank loan or or what you've saved for the years, whatever it is. But don't get in over your head. Even if you have a big space, you don't need to equip every room. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to make every room ready and like do it a couple at a time. Ease your way into it so you're not overcommitting. And what's the um, like? someone who's getting ready to start out, let's say, or, or they're just starting out and like, what are the, the basic financials or financial reports that they need to kind of wrap their head around? Well, you know, the PNL is, is the, what we think is one of the most important ones. So not only that, you've got to, you have a relationship with a good bookkeeper, someone who mm-hmm. can, you're not checking your bank account to see what's happening, right? You should be regularly every single month getting a profit and loss. So you can see what's coming in, and what's going out. Right. And then we always talk about with um, your group, with AMSPA and all the listeners, like a balance sheet is important too, because that's where your loans are. And if you're looking at your PL, you're missing half the picture. So understand your, your balance sheet too, but mostly I think looking at your profit and loss every month. So a lot of times we start working with someone and we'll say, send me your profit and loss. And they'll say, well, it's 12 months old. Like I haven't gotten one in a while. Yeah. Then how do we know what's happening? You got to get it every month and, and have it timely. Mm-hmm. so that you can really see what's happening and where money is going. And um, we have a couple of things that we recommend too. We can send you if you want to send it out, but an illustration of what it can look like. It turns out most people use QuickBooks. And if you check like three boxes in yeah. QuickBooks before you hit print, your report can be much more intuitive, can tell you a whole bunch more things than how people normally get it. 
So um, we talk about that in a couple of webinars, I think, with Sam Spa. Yeah. But, um, Ugh, QuickBooks. Ugh. Don't you love it? <laughs> I, I actually like it more than I than I'd like to admit. Um, than, and then I will admit, although I guess I just admitted it. So, uh, no, Excel and QuickBooks, I've actually become quite, quite fond of. Um, so did you, when you were like a, a kid, did you like just draw equations on the wall and stuff or? No, here's what's funny is everyone's like, oh, so you, you know, you're a CPA, you must be really good at math. And actually I'm starting to think like, no, you know, I can really? add, but we always use you know, the 10 key with the thing that prints, like, yeah, I used that not that long ago. (laughs) We're not, it's not complex math really, but I think I have actually been drawn more to verb, like the English side of the world, you know, language arts and all of that. So that's why I think like, I'm not behind a tax return, putting numbers on forms. I'm more the one communicating the results of the numbers with people. Well, how'd you get into it then? If, uh, if you're more language arts and, you know, Well, it's funny. In college, I was thinking of doing business and there was this five-year program where I went to school and they said, you know, if you do that, you'll end up with a master's degree. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. I'll do that, I guess. And they said, well, but then you should probably be a CPA. And I was like, oh, no, why would I do that? That sounds terrible. Yeah. But I did it. It does. And spent some time doing tax returns and preparing financials, all that. But what I realized was that I actually preferred talking to the business owner. And for me, like, in a way, the smaller, the better. I didn't want to necessarily be doing the tax return for, like, some giant oil and gas company. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be doing the tax return for, like, some mom and pop shop, right? Or that's kind of how the healthcare thing came to be. Because it's like, you know, some dentist who owns his business and, like, here he is owning his business even though he really just wanted to take care of teeth. So he really wants someone to help him understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. And and that to me, if someone's a business owner, like their business is their whole world. So when you're helping someone with that, you know, you're, you're truly impacting their life. Yeah. So are you, are you, are you a certified accountant or just a, you, you are, yeah. but we don't do tax returns. But we don't, don't do, but we tell other CPAs that we work with, they'll say, so what are you doing here? You're not doing the tax return. You're not doing the financial statements. Like you're really just doing the fun part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we created a business on purpose where we're just doing the fun part. We're just having the conversations and giving the advice. That's, that's awesome though. But, but you're, you're also a business owner. So do you, um, what is, I'm going to put you totally on the spot here and I'm glad your business partners aren't listening. What, what, what is the one, um, piece of advice that you give to everybody else that you don't follow yourself? Ooh, that's good. (laughs) I just thought of it right now. So we do have, if you're, you know, you're not surprised. We do have a budget. We do mm-hmm. update it. Looks just like our clients. But I've actually been, my partner and I were talking about hiring a couple of people. Mm-hmm. And we're like, and I'm like, I want to do it. Let's hire these people. And then we were like, hmm, can we afford these people? Like we didn't think, I know, let's go in and update our budget. And see if we can support these people. Like we're not actually doing for ourselves what we do for clients. Yes. Silly, right? So we decided to have a meeting next week to update the budget to see if we can afford the people. See, but so you are eventually going to do it. So you just didn't. We are going to do it. But it just wasn't intuitive for us to say like, wait, hello, we do this every day. Why aren't we doing this? No, it's true. It's, it's, you know, as a, as a lawyer, I, I've oftentimes 
find myself or find other people who are not following, you know, the things that they're talking about. It's, 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 it's interesting. Um, so, um, one, you know, one thing I'm always surprised about, and, and this is this is I'm not trying to pick on healthcare professionals or doctors or anybody, but because um, it's lawyers too, um, is that we all like a lot of the people in, in our industry tend to just really suck at at business. They just we're it's, we're not trained for it. No one's taught us anything. And when we did our survey, which we're getting ready to do again, um, uh, our statistical survey of the industry, one of the things that was shocking was the number of people in the industry who didn't know just like basic, basic things. And, and it, it's not like what's your profit margin or what's your, you know, specific esoteric, you know, term of art. It's, it's like they didn't know their revenue. They didn't know their expenses. And I'm curious because you've come into the industry, you know, not you're, you're, you're not new, but, but so you've, 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 you've seen a few of these. I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Like, what, like, did you ever just kind of go like, how is this person in business without knowing what their, their revenue is? I know when a lot of these guys go by their gut, right. And they're so good at their craft. They're so good at what they do that they've been able to make it. But then we imagine, gosh, how much better could they be if they had better information to make better decisions? But We'll go through, you know, a budget or building out a pro forma and we'll say, so, okay, these are your providers. This is the revenue that they're generating and how much they're working. This is their revenue per hour. Did you know that? And they'll say, no, I didn't know that. Or I'll say, what's the goal? Like, what do you want your, you know, injectors to be to be generating per per hour? What do you want your estheticians to be generating per hour? And they'll say, I don't know. We've never talked about it. And so it surprises me sometimes that they could have amazing businesses. We have a med spots $4 million in revenue and they don't know what their hourly production is. They don't have revenue goals. I'll say, okay, gosh, you guys have done really well. What's your, like, you know, what are you striving for next year? What, what have you shared with your team? Have you shared with your team about how much you guys would like to produce and how you're going to get there and, you know, what your, what your providers are going to do and how much you're going to sell? No, we really don't talk about it. I mean, what's, so the, what's the impact of that, though? I mean, is that it, it, can't they be making or wouldn't they be making more money if they did that? Do you think? Well, you know, I think they would have the opportunity to because they'd see where they're not taking advantage of all the opportunities, right? So then we we'll map it out for them and we'll say, okay, so listen, you know, your estheticians are doing this per hour, or your your injectors are doing this per hour. They could be doing this. Well, yeah, you're right. Like they have a lot of a lot of openings in their schedule. Okay, well, let's talk about that. Like, what do we need to do to fill the schedule? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that you know we're really short on people answering the phones. A lot of times they don't get answered. Okay, so if we hire one more person in the front, let me show you how you can afford it. Do you think we might have a better chance of filling the schedules and getting these guys to their capacity and their goals? Well, yeah, maybe we could. And then the other thing is. Do they know what their goal is? Like, right? Oftentimes, right. as people, if we don't have like a target, we're just going about life kind of willy nilly. But if someone says, no, you should be doing $250 an hour, like your goal when you're here for the day is to do this amount. Okay, now I have something to aim for. So when yeah. you get everyone kind of rowing in the right direction, going towards a, to- a common goal, you can really start to, to kind of close the gap on what you're doing now with what you really could be doing with your space, with your team, with all the resources that you have. Oh, and also those resources that you're paying for. Yeah. I mean, it's, 
I feel like it's easier said than done because the, because the goal, you know, what their goal is, they want to have a successful business, right? They want to have, or they want to open another location or they want to have a, a multi-state brand. I always hear that from people. I want to have a, I'm going to build a brand. It's like, well, but you've got to like drill down and get that specific goal for what you want to do this year or, or, you know, with your providers per hour, like all that stuff is so vital. And most people don't even think about that. I mean, are you finding that you have to really kind of teach people the very, very basics when you talk to them about this stuff? Well, here's what's happening. We find that they're not tracking the data to allow themselves to even know, Mm -hmm. even if they want to. We're not using the practice management software right, or we don't have the right software in place. So when we take on a new med spa client, we're literally like, okay, what data can we get? What can we extract? Everyone's doing it differently. I feel like, honestly, that's one of the biggest opportunities in the space. If we could start tracking our, walking out or checking out our patients better at the front, tracking our data. Mm-hmm. You know, we had some that, that we were like, so what do you charge for, what do you charge for, you know, per unit of Botox? And they're like, I don't know. It kind of depends on what's happening or what's this. Like there, there's just not, you can't print a report for most, most clients and say, what is your revenue per provider per hour? It's just kind of the data is all over the place. And I think that's mm. because, you know, in medicine, we're billing insurance. So it has to be exact. It has right. to be, we have to code every last thing or we won't get paid. Right. But in this aesthetic environment, that is not the case. So we allow our data to get jumbled and to not be accurate. I have a plastic surgeon who is all cosmetic, no insurance. And he said, um, he's relatively new, just starting out. And I said, okay, so um, you have this great software that is one of our favorites that, you know, we really think that you could get great data from that. And he's a data guy. I mean, mm-hmm. he went to school, like he's such a data guy. You know, he could do this and it just drools over data. So he should be doing this, right? But he's like, well, the girls at the front, they're just too busy. They're just too busy to enter everything correctly into the software. So we're just not doing it right. And I said, that is your goal this year. You, we have got to get better data. Because how great would it be if on a monthly or quarterly basis, we could present to you, this is your revenue per hour per provider. You want to, he's a plastic surgeon, wants to bring in an injector, mm-hmm. but how's he going to be able to monitor the success there if we can't see what she's doing? So that's his goal this year is to use the software better. So like what, I mean, you're right. And I, I feel like we've all kind of been there and most of us are there. Like we're just, that's, that's where we are. We don't know where this state is. I mean, are there like certain key, so you, you talk about KPIs, key performance indicators. What, what are some good ones off the top of your head for, for med spas that they should be tracking? Like that, well, that really show them, you know, how their business is doing and what they need to be focused on. So we like to do a few things. Of course, we like revenue per hour per provider. But if anything, just start with your revenue per provider. You know, know what every month each person is bringing in. Mm-hmm. But what we like to do, too, is break out the revenue based on the type of revenue. So, so many people, we look at their P&L and it says, you know, income or deposits. And we're like, okay, but like, how much of that is due to your lasers? How much is that due to injection? Like, let's talk about how it's derived. And they're not sure. Again, with good data in the front, you could have your bookkeeper every month provide you exactly the type of revenue in your bigger bucket. So that is. That way we can see, did you know that 50% 
of your revenue is made up of this. And you can say, oh gosh, I didn't realize it was that much. Wow, that's great. Yeah, but that one unfortunately has the biggest costs with it. So wouldn't it be better? Or, you know, is that what you want to be? Just so that you know. So we really like revenue by provider or per hour. And then we like revenue by category of what you're doing per service. Retail sales broken out. And then your costs, like your consumables also... Um, broken out in these same categories, then we can really compare. See, not only what providers are the most profitable, but also what procedures are the most profitable for you. And what, then you have your, your regular, you know, percentage of this, percentage of that, percentage of net income. But I think starting out even with that will get you a, f- a long way. Well, what do you mean percentage of this, percentage of that? Like, no, we don't know what that is. You just said it. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> listen to my webinars, you would know. <laughs> But like net income as a percentage of revenue, you know, are you netting 10%? Are you netting 5%? Is that your profitability in the end? Like those are KPIs that we track as well. But high level even, you know, KPIs as far as what's driving that, I think is is what's potentially even more important. What do you think? I mean, how many, well, I guess there's two parts to this question. How many people in our industry are actually tracking that kind of stuff? And I think it's, 30% 30% or, or, or less, but then, and then how many of the really successful med spas, like those 4 million to 10 million ones, how many of them are doing it? And is there, I mean, do you think we could draw a correlation between ones that are, that are doing it this way and are successful or is this all just a giant waste of time? Oh, <laughs> oh, for me, it is of course not a waste of time, <laughs> but I think you can be successful in spite of yourself and your processes. We know that you can have a chaotic business that is run with no planning, but still is great. You, I mean, numbers wise, you can, right? Right. Could it be better? That's where we are. Could it be better? Could it be less stressful? Could it be more predictable? All those things is what we're looking for for our clients. Or if your desire is to grow, why not like create profitability and then grow that? When you're profitable, let's let's not duplicate something that's not profitable. Let's duplicate what's working. Yeah. So, for me, it it goes along with it. Like if you want if you want these things, it's better to do it the right way. Do people do it without knowing any any of their numbers and just flying by the seat of their pants? Sure, I'm sure they do, right? Yeah. But um, for us, it, a, a more um, purposeful plan with an intentional like let's increase our profitability before we go opening the next space. Let's make sure that we're at capacity here before we open another location. Let's make sure that this first injector is full before adding another one. Like let's just have a plan and and make sure we're utilizing our, it's really all about using your resources, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like before we hire someone, are we getting the most out of the people that we're already paying for before we expand? Are we getting the most out of the space that we're already in? Yeah, and you can't find that out unless you're tracking everything and then tracking it and putting it in a format where you can read it and understand it, right? Yeah, and I'll I'll tell you that even for the smallest businesses, you can find a good bookkeeper for a hundred dollars a month, a couple hundred dollars a month, not maybe not one, but two, three hundred dollars a month. You don't have that much activity, you don't have that many transactions. Someone you get QuickBooks online. Super easy, connect it to your checking account. If you're interested in doing it, you could YouTube QuickBooks online, see how that goes. I mean, it's that's what we use for our business, QuickBooks. Most of our clients use QuickBooks online. It's very easy. It's very inexpensive. I think they'll even do your bookkeeping for you if you yeah. want. Yeah. So that's really like if you're if you're just starting out or if you don't have 
financials or you don't, you know, you're not sure how hard it is to get started, just go to QuickBooks Online, download it, or you don't even download it, sign up. It's like $20 a month, $40 a month, depending on how much you have going on. Mm-hmm. Connect your account. It, it really is a start. Then you've got something. Yeah, I was just thinking we should do, we should have you do a webinar. Oh, wait, you already have. You've done lots of webinars. But we should do like a, um, like a really like a there there should be like a basics of business. I, if if we were to create a course, like how how long would somebody have to go just to to like whether it's a weekend or a day or a couple hours? Like how much time do they need to kind of get the basics and then learn a little bit about QuickBooks? I mean, we should do that. Yeah, because honestly, QuickBooks is almost anyone could do QuickBooks. Yeah, and it feeds to your credit card. Like connect your credit card, connect your checking account. It feeds, you know, when it shows yeah, or whatever it is, what is that? You're just telling it what it is. Now, you're not going to get the most fancy reporting. You're not going to get all these KPIs measured. It's not going to happen, but it's certainly a start. Yeah, it's better than nothing, right? Better than nothing. It is better than nothing. So, and then time, you don't have to gather up all the receipts, right? You're not going through your bank statements. What was that 12 months ago when I spent $12? You've already got it tracked. You don't have to go back and dig it out. The person doing your tax return is going to be much happier. So before we we break, I do have a very important question for you. We are, you know, it is, first of all, it's, it's, we're coming up on Valentine's Day. Are Are you and your family doing big, do you do big Valentine's Day stuff? Well, so here's the thing, you know, I'm in Dallas. Yes. And it is supposed to snow on Valentine's Day. Oh, my and Lord. not snow in six years. Well, we did just see you had the massive ice storm and all the cars crashing on the highway. Holy mackerel. We did have an ice storm. That's not, there's no snowmen that are being built in ice storms, though. So <laughs> we will be finding our sled that we haven't used in six years and finding a hill somewhere. That and then is up- amazing. Good for you. That's awesome. Do well. When it's less than 60 degrees, as you know. (laughs) (laughs) So um, last question though, what were you, what, what do you, um, what were you streaming over quarantine? Like what was your go-to show? Okay. So here's the thing. I'm not very good at TV. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It is something I'm working on. (laughs) So we would try to watch. So you're watching like Knight Rider and Dukes of Hazzard. (laughs) I just fall asleep. We get into something. What were we trying to watch? I don't even remember what we were trying to watch. And I fall asleep. Like we tried to watch Billions. Do you remember the show Billions? Yeah, and yeah. Sleep, but it would be the best sleep ever. I don't know why I slept so great to Billions. <laughs> I did make it through the Queen's Gambit. Yes. What did you think of that? Staying awake. Okay. Oh, good. I guess mm-hmm. if you stayed awake, that's. So now we're trying to figure out something else. And we started Mad Men, but I have not made it through even half an episode before I have fallen asleep. <laughs> But that's okay. I don't know that I've ever heard someone say I'm bad at TV. Did you watch The Last Dance about the Chicago Bulls? The Last Dance about Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls? That I did watch. See? Didn't fall asleep, did you? I stayed awake during that. That was great. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I can do HGTV. I'll do that during the day. But you get me, like, reclined and a TV on, out. It's over. Oh, man. Now, now, Now we know. Um, <laughs> um, so last, uh, I guess I do have one more question for you. First of all, you do, and for everyone, know, like if you want to come and meet Jessica, first of all, what's your, what's your website? Like where can they, where can folks find you? Skytailgroup.com. Skytailgroup.com. Um, 
And uh, what about you? Do, do you give out your email or is that super secret? I We do. Yeah. You ready? <laughs> yeah, That's do all. it. People Jessica are driving. They can crash while they're driving. N-U-N-N at skytailgroup.com. Jessica. We also have info at skytailgroup.com that reaches the whole group. You know, if I'm not very exciting, you want to talk to someone, but just not me. Sure. That's another way. Gotcha. But you also, you've, you've been to our boot camps where you've presented on, you know, the basics of financial statements and you're coming to a medical spa show in May. Uh, what's, uh, what, what are you talking about there? Yeah. Um, similar stuff. We're talking about understanding your financials, some of the same stuff, like what to look at, why it's important. We want to make it easy. And kind of what I say um, and what we talked about last year was it should not take hours and hours and hours to decipher this financial information. Like my goal is to get everybody to spend an hour or less a month looking at their numbers and have a good sense of where they are and where they need to be. So it's about a little bit more education on that. Like what's important? What can you skip? Where should you focus? What do do these reports mean? Um, That sort of thing. So we will definitely be there. That's awesome. I'm super excited for them. I mean, the med special is going to be a little different because we're going to all have to, you know, do the masking and the the distancing a little bit. But we have heard from um, the state of Nevada that they are starting to slowly scale back restrictions. So it looks like by the time we get there in early May, we should be ready. <laughs> Maybe not ready to party. I keep saying like the last time everyone was together and traveling was probably last year's med spa show. It was. It totally was. People will be back, right? It's kind of like the bookends of the whole thing. I know. Well, um, thank you for joining us, Jessica. And we, I really appreciate it. I was finally able to track you down and get you on our podcast. Um, and what we'll do though, everyone should check out, um, our website in our, in our, in our webinar resources, because you guys have done, Skytail Group has done a ton of great stuff for us. Um, what I love about how you, and this is not just you, but it's, it's all of you, you, you definitely tend to present it in a way that, you know, idiots like me can understand it, which is, which is really good. And, and so, um, you get the last word. Oh, geez. Well, thanks for the pressure. No, I'm just kidding. Thanks for having us here. No, this is like an industry that we love and we, you know, obviously love your group and, um, and your members. And that's our goal is to make this stuff that's not fun for everyone and more fun, easier to understand, like help you guys make better decisions with your business, improve your lives, all those things. So, you know, however we can help or any resources we can provide, we're happy to do it. But thank you for finally inviting me to be on your podcast, Alex. <laughs> It was nice to talk to you, and I'm sure we'll have you back, okay? Okay, thanks so much. (laughs) Thanks for joining us this week with the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch was joined by Jessica Nunn from Skytel Group. If you're new with us, we would love to invite you to hit the subscribe button. Click it now so you can get AmSpa content delivered to you each time. Leave a rating and a review. See you on our next episode.